Hey everybody, this is Bishop Brian Gallardo and you're listening to the LifeGate Church Podcast where we lift the name of Jesus and empower every listener. For more information, please go to lifegatekc.org or briangallardo.com. Well, I, I love I love this story because in this story, I love how Jesus was in the house. And for those of you that don't know, Jesus is in this house. Come on in here. Just look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you so you can say amen. It won't hurt you to say amen. We participatory here. I love how Jesus at this house, the Bible said there was a doorway. I love how, how prophetic the language of the Lord is when you're seeking him. And at this house, a Jesus walked through the doorway. And I want you to know today that I, as the overseer of this church, desire for Jesus to be in this house. Come on in here. I have learned, I get to travel all over the place and preach at many different churches. And here's what I know about the American church. The American church as a whole is pretty dead. They're pretty quiet. And Jesus isn't in most houses in America that have a name on the side of the building that say church. Just because you have a steeple don't mean Jesus is there. Just because you have stained glass windows in a building doesn't mean that Jesus is there. Just because you gather in the name of, a, of, of religion does not mean that Jesus is there. But here's what I'm believing God for at LifeGate Church. Every single Sunday, I want Jesus to be in the house. Come on. This is not my house. It's Jesus's house. This is not the people's house. It's Jesus's house. This ain't your grandma's house. It ain't your granddaughter's house. This is the house of the living God. This is Jesus's house. And I don't want to miss him showing up at our house, right? I want to invoke his presence. I want the door to be open to the Lord in 24. Whatever he would. You say, why are they standing? They're just saying amen. Y'all should get on board, some of y'all. They're just amening the preaching. Come on. I want to be the kind of church that Jesus is manifesting the glory of God where people are getting changed, not out of the music, not because I'm just a good preacher, not because there's good elders in the church. I want people changed at LifeGate because Jesus can be found there. I want to be the kind of church in the city that has a reputation. Yeah, they got good music. Yes, they're multicultural. Yes, they're multi-generational. But I'll tell you what, when you go to that church, you going to feel Jesus in the room. It's electric in the atmosphere. You'll be able to feel his presence. You'll be able to feel his glory because Jesus is in the house. Look at your number and say, pack the place. We want Jesus to fill the whole room. We want Jesus to fill every area of this building from this sanctuary all the way to the kids ministry. Let Jesus pack the place. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, this is a spirit-filled church. It's okay if you say amen. Preach it, my brother. Go ahead, bishop. Watch your tone. You saying it. We feel you. We hear you. Well, you're parking in my front yard. This way we do at preaching church. We say amen. Look at your neighbor and say, oh yeah, because Jesus is in the house. So what kind of house are we? We a Jesus house. We exist. We love y'all, but we don't, we don't exist to lift your name up. Uh-uh. We don't live. We don't praise your way. We don't worship your way. 
We don't church your way. We exist to lift up the name that's above your name. The name that's above your sickness. The name that's above your anxiety. The name that's above your poverty. We exist to lift up the name of a king. And the, the presence of Jesus being in the house demands a response from those that follow. Jesus is going to pack the place. Pack it with anointing. Pack it with glory. Pack it with deliverance because we're going to see him pack the place. Somebody say pack the place. Pack the place. He's going to pack the place. He's going to pack the place. He's going to pack the place. Come on, say pack the place, Jesus. All right. There's four things I'm believing for in 24. Well, there's a lot of things I'm believing for in 24. But from this text, I'm going to say yes to four things in this story. Number one, which were already there, is that it was packed full of people that there was, the Bible said packed full of visitors. What? Come on. I wouldn't want that many people at my natural house. I love y'all, but I'm kind of, I like my space. Can the church say amen? Amen. amen. I, don't, not, I don't want just anybody in my house. Come on. If, if you're not 5'8", blonde hair, blue eyed, or 5'6", dark hair, blue eyed, that's about all I got for you. That's all the room we got at my house. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I wish I was seven foot, but I'm not. Praise God. I told Brother Kevin today, I feel really little standing by you. <laughs> So the Bible said in Mark chapter 2, verse 2, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, not even outside the door. But when Jesus shows up in a church, you can't keep the people away. I don't know about you, but I want to go to that kind of church where you can literally tell, hey, this church, man, what's, this is different. I had a guy tell me one time, I'm, I was raised Baptist, but I came out, I've, I've never felt what I felt in my Baptist church up in here. I was like, Nuh. he's like, what is it? I said, Holy Ghost. <laughs> we as a church have begun to have a traffic violation. We are running into each other on Sunday mornings and can't hardly move. I'm thankful for it. Now, I know the people in the middle aren't thankful for it, but I'm thankful for it. Everybody wants some end seats. It's like prime real estate. We see as a church people coming from all over Kansas City. Now, I want to show you something. I want you to raise your hand if you live in independence. Look around. That's the minority. Look at that. Lift your hand real high. Let me see you. If you live in independence, look, guys. Everyone else comes from all over Kansas City. So here's, I want you to shout out your town in just a minute. Where do you live? One, two, three, go. Kansas City. Kansas City. 
North Kansas City, Belton, Grandview. We got a couple coming from Lawrence, Kansas. What? Grain Valley, Grandview, Blue Springs, Oak Grove, all over Kansas. We are literally reaching the area. You know why? Because this church is a melting pot. We are not just called to independent. We are not just called to Kansas City. We are called to the city, to the region, come on in here, to the state, to the country, and now today we leave because we're called to go to the entire ends of the earth. Our church is called to the people. We are not called to independence people. We call to all the people. We are called to the poor and not so poor. Come in here. We, we are called to the rich, the not so rich. We are called to Latinos and we are called to the whites. We are called to the blacks. We are called to the Asians. We are called. You ain't, you, you're looking at me funny. But we are a melting pot of a church. We don't look just like you. We look different because we're called to the people. The door is open to everybody. Divorced, you'll find them in our church. Remarried in our church. Never been married in our church. Been married for 50 years, they're in our church. I think they're in our church. Maybe not that long, but coming up on it. Amen. You're going to find every kind of people group in our church because we're not called to be one way. We are called to the city. We are called to all people groups, blended families. We got blended families in our church. Praise God, we got biracial couples in our church. They make the most beautiful babies. I'm telling you, we are the prettiest people on the planet. Sorry. Come on. We, 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 we are a biracial group. Every Look down your road. Not one person looks like you. Thank God. You ought to thank God for that. You say, thank God they don't look like me. Come on. I mean, look at Brother Noah. He is a stud. Good-looking young man. On fire for Jesus. We're called to pack the people into this building like beanie weenies or a sardine can. I want to be a, be a beanie weenie for Jesus. Praise the Lord. I want to show you the verse that God gave me. Back, Elder, you, you guys remember when we first planted the church, it was all white people and it was all independence people. And I was discouraged. I was discouraged because I knew that that wasn't what God had called me to lead. He had called me to lead a nation's church. So I, I t the Lord reminded me this the other day. I took a, a, a Sharpie marker, Brother Nick, over on 40 Highway in our little 700-square-foot building with seven people and 640 chairs and a sound system, and, and I took a Sharpie and I put it in the doorway, Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 2. And here's what it said. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. Here's what this means. In the last day, there will be churches who tear down the idols of the culture and glorify the name of the Lord. There will be churches that exist to lift up the name of Christ. And when that happens, look, look at the semicolon there. It says, and all nations then will flow to that house. I want to tell you today, we are called to reach the nations, ethnic 
ethnic groups. We are called to be gracious with each other. We are called to multiply in this room. The kingdom of God is not about subtraction or division, but addition and multiplication. And I'm believing in the year of our Lord. This year, the year of the door, we are going to see them coming and running. I had a dream one night that I was I was out here on the, on the doorsteps in the summertime, and Melissa ran over to me, and she said, Pastor, they're coming. And she had on a full Samoan uh, tribal dress on. And she said, they're coming. They're coming. I said, who's coming? And I looked over this way, and it was real Afrikaans from Africa that were in their full gear and garb and their, their, their traditional dress. It was, it was Mexicans from Mexico with earphones on, I assume, because we're going to have to have somebody translating into their language. It was every type of culture, color, and creed running to the footsteps of the church. Why? Because I believe this church is called to exist, to lift up the name of Jesus, and to allow the people to come through the open door. Everyone say, pack the place with the people. Come on, say it, pack the place with the people. So I've got a testimony for you. How do, we, how do we have anybody else come in? Well, the only thing we can do is to multiply the services. I need a little more faith than that. And then there were two. Starting Easter 2024, the year of the door where we shall have more. We're going from one service to two services, nine o'clock in 11. I need some more faith from the middle section because y'all are really quiet. This gives you the opportunity to sit in one service and serve in the next one. Come on. It'll give you the opportunity. I'm going to need some help from Berto. He didn't know I was going to do this. I need the number two slides up. I need the slide for, for the next steps, and I need the slide that says to serve. Because many of you have been through next steps, but you're sitting on us. You got to stop all that mess. Because if we're going to reach more people, we need your help, all hands on deck. It can't be 20% of the people doing everything. Get plugged in and serve. Hello? McFly, Bueller, anybody there? Look at your neighbor and said, are you serving? Well, first say, are you a member? If they said yes, then say, are you serving? And if they say no, say you're directly out of order with this house. Directly out of order. You are in rebellion to some degree. The Bible said every joint supplies. How can the body function when you as the elbow cut yourself off and not serve? You're, you make somebody who's trying to be, uh, who's called to be a foot become an elbow. It's as silly as me using my foot, uh, my, my, uh, my shoe to hammer a nail in the wall. I can do it, but that's not what that was designed for. A hammer's designed for that. And some of you elbow folk are sitting on God and the foot's having to do what the elbow's doing. All right, all right, all right. So if you don't serve, take a picture of this. You can do it at home. You can text serve to 816-439-7550 only if you take the next steps. But the good news is, is next steps is right around the corner. Right around the corner. And you can text, what do they text? Next. 816-439-7550. How many say amen, Pastor? We hear you. 
Come on, say, we hear you, Bishop. You talking right today. So if you don't serve, serve. If you do serve, sit one, serve one. So what we're going to do is we're going to take out the front row, take out the back row, take off the side row to make some more room. So we're not packed in here like sardines no more. But that means you got to steward now what the vision is. We do it together collectively. Everybody say, pack the place with the people. Okay, so this is going to take some faith. I want everybody to stand up on their feet. I want you to put your hands in the air. I want you to look up as if you were looking and talking to the Father. And say, Father, pack the place full of people. Say it again. Say, Father, pack the place full of people. Hurting people. Sick people. Lost people, searching people, pack the place full of people. Now, if you believe that, put your hands together and say yes. Number two, the second thing, Matthew, that we saw, grab your seats. Number two, the second thing we see in this portion of the story is that the place was packed full of preaching. Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, or Mark chapter 2, verse 2. Jesus, I, want, I would love, I wish I could have heard him preach. Because he, he had to be one bad preacher, meaning good. He had to be amazing. He preached and he taught. Two different things. He preached and he taught. The, I was talking with my daughter last night, and we were listening to some old, I was trying to introduce her some old gospel. Nick, you know what I'm talking about, some old school stuff. And we always, we always uh, send each other old songs. And you know too, Jeremy. And, and there, there was this lady singing, and she's so powerful. I said, baby, who's that sound like to you? She goes, it kind of sounds like Prophetess McClintock, or kind of sounds like Karen Wheaton. I see, uh, she's like, wow, man, she's, this girl's powerful. I'm like, yeah, that's how the church used to sound. And I said, but the American culture, we're dumbing everything down. We don't want to shout. We don't want to dance. We don't want to praise. We don't want to buck. Leave that for Arrowhead Stadium, not for church. Amen. And unfortunately, it has crept into the thought process of preachers. Why don't you, why do you sweat? Why do you shout? Why do you preach? Why are you so passionate? Why are you full of zeal? Cause it's biblical. I am not a talker. I'm a preacher. I, I come on. I'm a preacher teacher. I'm, I'm, I'm not a communicator. I'm a preacher. I'm not a life coach. I'm a preacher. I'm not a football coach. I'm a preacher. Come on in here. I am called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not a talker, a communicator. I don't wear a head mic. No condemnation to those who do. It doesn't work for me. I'm a preacher. You're going to see my veins. You're going to see me sweat. We're going to get together. We're all going to go together. We're going to hoorah. We're going to shout it out. We're going to declare it because this is the living, breathing institution of Jesus, and you got a preacher. You signed up for it when you got here. You'll have to stay signed up for it as you're here. Somebody say preacher. The word preach, preaching in this portion of scripture comes from the Greek word uh, laleo and lego. Here's what it means. To tell it flat out. Tell it flat out. To say it and speak it. To tell the truth with the preach behind it. To lay it out plainly and to communicate as if it's dissecting the, de the debate going on in your mind. So Peter then in the New Testament is our example after Jesus. Acts 2 verse 14. I got to help you because some of you think we're supposed to just be quiet. Peter stood up. What did he do? Raise the volume of his voice. 
You won't say it like that when Patrick Mahomes throws a 90-yard touchdown tonight. That's good. Go. It's my favorite team. Go, Mahomes. Oh, 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 oh. Shh. Too loud. You're being too loud. That's, that's the message of our culture for Christians. You're being too loud. You need to calm down. You, not at this church. You can get loud. I wish y'all, some of y'all would get louder. Peter stood up. What'd he do? What'd he raise the volume of? Come on. Peter stood up and he did what? He Of what? His voice. Then what did he do? He preached. How come you don't find the majority of preachers in today's generation following scripture? No condemnation to the talkers. I'm not trying to throw eggs at them. I'm just saying, don't come here and be like, why does he scream all the time? I'm a preacher. I preach. I raise my voice with volume. Say yes. There you go. Say yes with a little volume. Okay, so watch this. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are, what are they? Yes. yes in Jesus. And so through him, then the amen is spoken by the church to the glory of God. When you say amen to a preacher, do you know what you do? If, if LifeGate, if, if the majority of us would get on board on this page and you start amen in the preacher, I don't care who's in the pulpit. I don't care if it's me, my, my princess. I don't care who it is. When you, when you get engaged that way, and you, it, it releases an atmosphere of expectation. It brings, you say, no, it doesn't. Okay, listen. The other night I went to, I went to a basketball game at Calvary. Uh, with our coach and some of the players and Ty, man, you played so good. Caitlin, you played so good. Y'all slayed it. Come on. I think that's the only players. No, no, we have other Caitlin. Caitlin Roach and other Caitlin, and we have Ty. Did I say it all right? That's everybody. No other players, right? Okay, good. That school went bananas. I was totally shocked. It's a Baptist university, and they had a volume of praise in that room. They was not guys. They was obnoxious and out of order when they drove the ball i don't know nothing about basketball y'all know i am not a sports person y'all know so i'll do my best to to communicate that when they drove the ball down the, the court i almost said field but i do know it's a court they drove the ball down the court and caitlin how many three-pointers did you have you had a lot of them because i saw them i was like dang she could play back she could beat well that doesn't she could anybody could beat me but she's pretty amazing she hit that three-pointer all them Baptist people started, yeah, praise God, that's it, girl, yeah, baby. I thought they were going to arrest coach. I was like, look at him, he's losing his mind over there. I was paying attention. What they were saying is, good job, yes. That's right. Amen. I wonder what they do in church. I wonder what that whole group of people does in church. But church is better than a basketball game. 
the preaching of the word is more glorious than whatever the chiefs do today. Come on in here. It's life changing. It's delivering. It's full of power. Let the church stand up and say amen. Say amen. All right, lift up your hands and say, Jesus, pack the place with participatory preaching in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen and pack the place. Slap your neighbor high five and say, God's going to do it. He's going to pack the place. Number three, I got to hurry. Not only was it packed full of people, Jeremiah, I like them shoes. Not only was it packed full of preaching, but it was packed full of power. I don't know where we got off on not having powerful services anymore. Either God is God or he is not. Either he saved then and can save now, or he saved then and he stopped now. Either he was mighty to heal cancer then and he can't now, or he can. And I believe he can. I believe that the same glory the early church had is accessible to us. Our shadows healing people. Our hankies healing people. Come on in here. I believe in the supernatural glory of God that when we lay hands on the sick... Cancer falling off, blinded eyes opening, deaf ears opening, crack addiction getting delivered, heroin addiction getting delivered. Come on in here. I believe in the supernatural, tangible power of God. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Somebody say yes. Paul, Paul said it this way, Chris. You just can't have good preaching. You can't just have a good communicator. It's not enough. Paul said in the Bible in 1 Corinthians, my speech and my preaching was not with just enticing words of man's wisdom, good preaching, but in the demonstration of the Spirit of God and of the power of God so that your faith will not just remain in words, but in the demonstration and power of an almighty God. Lord, we say pack the place with power. Give us healing power, delivering power. Set the captive free in our church. God, reach those that are unreachable. Love those that are unlovable. Set the captive free. Pack the place with your power. Somebody say, do it, Jesus. Come on, I believe it for a generation to see signs, miracles, and wonders. I believe it for a generation of teenagers to lay hands on sick people, see them recover, pull them out of wheelchairs, raise the dead, and lead their generation to Jesus. Somebody say, yeah. Say yes. Say yes. We believe in tongues around here. We are not afraid to pray in the Holy Ghost around here. We're not trying to serve you, but God. We believe in the sick getting healed, demons coming out, people getting set free, packing with power in the name. Come on, stand to your feet. We're going to ask the Lord to do it again. Lift up your hands and say, Jesus, pack this house with your power pack this house with your glory in the name of Jesus give your neighbor a high five and say pack the place God revived the spiritual dead give us revival in this hour in the name of Jesus pack the place 
You better run, elder. That's right. You better run, elder. Pack the place. Pack it, Jesus. Come on, ask him. Pack the place. Pack it, pack it, pack it, pack it. Give us healing power, delivering power, yoke destroying power, burden removing power, chain breaking power, mountain moving power. In the name of Jesus, pack this house. Come on, put your hand on your seven. So pack me, fill me with your power. Pack the place. Come on, ask him, pack this place. I want your glory. I want your oil. I want your presence, God. Give me your glory and pack the place. People preaching power. But when I get to the end, Pastor Janae, the Bible said in Mark chapter 2 and verse 12, they were all amazed and they praised God. You know why people stop praising? It's because they stop being amazed at God. I can't, I, can't, I can't make you praise God if you ain't amazed by him. If you're not in awe of God setting you free, you ain't going to praise him. Some of y'all got too comfortable in your relationship with Jesus because you forgot how messed up you were, how bound up you were, how you was on your way to hell, to the devil's den, but God said no. Some of you forgot what God did that day when he sobered you up, healed your body, made a way out of no way. When you get amazed at God, you will praise God. Somebody say, Jesus, pack this house with your praise. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor. The day of you refusing to praise at LifeGate has come to an end, has expired. It's in a coffin in the ground. This is a praising church. I am not going to lead a church that lifts you up more than God. We exist to lift up the name above every name, and that is Jesus. Some of you older saints are so common with church. You need to stop it. You need to fall back in love with the Lord. Come on in here. You need to let him fan the flame of revival in your soul, and your spirit. Ah, here we go again. Preach this. I've heard all this before. That's your problem. You're no longer amazed at what God can do. The Hebrew word is yada. Look at your neighbor and say yada. It means to worship with explosive hands and to extend and wring the hand. It does not mean this. Yada is, hey Jesus, I love you. It means, what it means is you're saying thank you for something you haven't gotten yet. You're saying thank you for letting me get through this even though I'm in the middle of it. Do I have any yadas in the room today? 
Psalm 134 says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and yadah the Lord. I wish I could get 100% participation this morning of some people that would just yadah the Lord. Thank you for getting me through this. Thank you for my breakthrough even though I don't see it. You are awesome. You are amazing. You are a victor. I yadah the Lord. Pack it with praise ye. I feel like preaching today. Barak, another Hebrew word for praise. And it means to kneel before the Lord to express how you feel about him internally. When a king were to show up in a room, they would barak out of honor and homage to the authority that was in a room. When King Jesus enters a room, the presence of that king demands you and I do something. Everybody stand up with me and do a Barak. Come on. Barak. Well, this is not my custom. It's, I know it's not. But it would be if you were biblical. It would be your custom. This is how biblical praise is. This is not the definition of religious worship in 2024. This is the definition of praise and worship. Can somebody just Barak the Lord? Psalm 134.2. Here's another one. Tehillah. Oh, Lord. I don't know if they're ready for these next words. They ain't ready, Matthew. Tehillah means to sing loud. Every person in this room, you will get loud about something. Wife, let your husband get caught doing something he ain't supposed to do. You will get loud. That's why the Bible said it's better to be on the rooftop than in a house with a contentious woman. You will get loud. Some of us are loud about the wrong thing. Hello, church. We shouldn't just be, I mean, it's good to be loud about football, but it's not if you're loud about football, but you're quiet about Jesus. That's called idolatry. If you give sports more praise than you do God, you're an idol worshiper. Because you're taking the idea of worship and praise and apply it to something man-made. That's idolatry. Y'all got quiet and it's all right? This word is mentioned 300 times in your Bible. And it's a spontaneous. Everybody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. Okay, we're going to say it loud now. That's the loudly. You say, why does everything have to be so loud? Well, some things aren't loud, but this particular thing is loud. To sing loudly. Everybody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. My God. That was pretty loud. We're going to try it again. One, two, three, go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a spontaneous, unpredicted praise. If you sing that same phrase more than once, it's considered corporate worship, which is zamar. When the instruments come in. Right there is good. Now say hallelujah with some volume. Ready? One, two, three, go. Zamar, that's Zamar. You're Zamaring the Lord. It means to sing with instruments and involves joyful expression to make harmony with songs through music. And it tells God how grateful we are for what he's already done. If somebody does not praise, they're not amazed by God and they are not grateful by what he's done. 
Well, I praise him in my heart, preacher. You're praising to an idolatrous way of praise because that's not biblical. Zamar is biblical. Come on. Yadah is biblical. Barak is biblical. But then you get to a little word called Shabak. Hatabosheya. The word Shabak means to put your whole being and attitude into addressing the Father in a loud tone. There can be music, there don't have to be music, but you can just Jesus, Jesus. Hey, hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I praise you, God. I thank you, God. It means, do we got any shouters in the room? It literally means to pierce the heavens. Here's why. Watch, watch, watch. Here's why. Here's why. The Bible said your shout puts Satan in fetters and demonic principalities in prison. Where are principalities? The Bible said they're in the air, in the heavens. So when you shabak the Lord, you pierce and break all that stuff up. You want to break depression? You shabak. You want to break anxiety? You shabak. You want to break emotional trauma? Shabak! Psalm 117.1. Oh, praise the Lord. Here we go. All you nations. Well, that's a black thing. That's a, you Mexicans are a bunch of fireballs, I know. That's a white thing. No, it's all nations. Shabbat him, all you people. Lord, pack our church with praise. Come on, ask him. Lord, let this church be packed with your praise. But then you get to halal. You can't say hallelujah without understanding what halal means, because that's where hallelujah comes from. Halal means to boast, to brag, to rave about. No, rave about. I remember when I was in high school, they had rave parties. Rave parties were at an undisclosed location. You got an invite. And the ones I went to, nobody knew how to dance or nothing. They looked, you know, go back and watch Saved by the Bell dances. It's this. They didn't know what they was doing. And they appeared to be foolish. If you haven't praised God to the point you feel embarrassed, you've never halaled. Well, I don't believe on this. Well, you don't read the Bible. You don't study the word. That's what halal means. It means to be fanatic, a 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 fanatic, which means single-minded zeal like when your team wins. Now listen, I see the same people here. You get crazy at Chiefs games. You don't do nothing during praise and worship up here. Where's the zeal for Jesus like you have for the zeal for your team? Psalm 151, halal. That word praise in Psalm 150 and verse 1. Praise the Lord. That's halal. Halal the Lord foolishly. Praise foolishly. Halal God in his sanctuary. Verse 4. Praise him in the dance. Back in the 90s, that dance looked like this. You remember Pastor Greg? The charismatic hop. You remember that? That was a charismatic. Praise him in the dance. We'll try it again. Praise him in the dance. 
We got about five of you doing it. Praise him. Praise him in the dance. Any, what about this section? We got any dancers over here? Any praisers over here? There's no sitting praise. It doesn't exist in the Bible. There's no sitting praise. There we go. Do we got any dance? Come on. Praise him in the... But then you get to verse 6. Let everything that has breath in their body halal. It's not singing a song on a screen. No. It's foolishly praising God. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. 